0: He's just not going to change. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 3. He's going to stay the same. Uh, and we're the ones who change. And when we change, I'm telling you what, it's, uh, the Lord says, well, I'm still here. Uh, whenever you want to come back, just come on back. I'll be there. Just It's a good thing to know. The title of this message is Ahead of the Game. I always like getting ahead of the game. I always like getting ahead of the game. Uh, Genesis 3, Genesis chapter 3. I think you should be ahead of the game. I don't think you should ever be behind the game. You should be ahead of it. Genesis 3, 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall surely not die. Ye shall not surely die. For God does know in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. That's not always a good thing. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a, a was pleasant to to the eyes, and the tree uh, to be and and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit and did eat thereof, and, uh, and gave to her husband uh, with her, and he did eat. Father, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the word of God today. Lord, thank you that you've never changed from Genesis chapter one to Revelation chapter twenty-two. You're not going to change. Thank you that you haven't changed, uh, Lord. When you created Satan and you created Lucifer and you created all the heaven and the angels and everything else, uh, Lord, you were the same then that you are right now. And and one day, Lord, our, our lives will end, says absent from the body, present with the Lord. And Lord, we'll be right there with you, and you will still be the same. Uh, that you always have been, Lord, and you're still a God of gods, you're, you're a King of kings and a Lord of lords. Lord, nobody can touch you, never will be able to touch you. And Lord, today you gave us a book that we can sit here and still talk about 2,000 years after you came and died on the cross and shed your blood and rose again the third day and sitting in heaven. Lord, I thank you for all the men and women down through time that had every part, the songs and everything else that we sing. And Lord, we're here today because of so much stuff that you've done for us. Again, thank you. You've never changed, Lord. Bless the service this morning. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now that, that this is an old story, very old. It never has changed. Same thing. You read your Bible over and over again. I'm I'm getting ready to start uh, my Bible again. And, well, December. I'm I'm almost through. I'm halfway through. Yesterday I was halfway through. Uh, reading it twice. I've read it once again, and now I'm going through the last part of it. And in December 31st, I'll start again. January the 1st, all the way to July. Read it again, and again. Same story every time. Never changes. But every time I read this thing, I get something different. I'm sitting there going, Lord, this is a great book. I, I, this is what I preach to the kids up there. I, I thought about this thing, and, and I preached a message the, the day earlier, and one of them was about your desire. You've got to watch your desire. Sometimes your desire will get you into trouble. Amen. And you will have a desire. And I'm telling you, you've got to check that thing sometimes. Is this what God wants me to do? Most of us will never even think that. We'll just have a desire, and we'll go do it. I want a Pepsi, man. I'm going to go get me a Pepsi. So I justify I get a Pepsi Zero. Because there's no calories in that Pepsi Zero. And then I wonder, why am I still holding weight? Because there's a lot of salt in that Pepsi Zero. And the salt makes you hold weight. I'm like, rats, if I get rid of the salt and the sugar, I won't want a Pepsi. Because it'll taste terrible. You know what you got to do? Sometimes you got to check your desires. Adam and Eve is sitting here in the Garden of Eden. Eve goes up to a tree. First of all, (laughs) if God says don't do this, why are you even anywhere close to what he says don't do? Have you ever thought about that? It's some of the stupid, I read through my Bible all the time. I'm like, Lord, I don't understand why these people, why do I, why do I do the things you tell me not to do? Why do I want to, why do we want to get so close? You ever seen a kid tell them don't play in the mud puddle? What do they do? They go right to the mud puddle. <laughs> right to it, man. I mean, they'll go right to it. They'll, they'll go if it rains, if it rains, and, and you go out in the parking lot, and there's like a little spot of water over here somewhere, they'll go, mm-hmm, 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 they just got to do it. Why? Because they know they're going to make mom and dad mad? No, it's just in them. It's, it's, it was in you. Don't tell me you're mad. You're mad at them for the same thing you did. I did it. I did the same thing. I always liked climbing trees. You know what? I climbed trees, fell out trees, and I got back up in trees. I know people who climb trees, fell out trees, but never climb up even to get around a tree anymore. I didn't care, man. I, it was fun up in the trees. I, crawl out on a branch, man, and, and you see the top of a branch. I remember seeing where, where there's a hole there in the branch already cut into it or messed up or something. And you look down and there's maggots all in it, man, dead stuff in there, man, where birds that brought it up and was eating it. And the maggots come in. I think, man, it's, just, it's hard telling what you can find in a tree. You just go in. That's human nature, man. We all want to see stuff. Adam and Eve is sitting here, but Eve leaves her husband and starts going out doing something she shouldn't have done. Number one, you, you got the whole garden to play in, and you want to go play right at that tree. You know what the devil did? He waited right there for her to come to the spot. You know what a good hunter does? A good hunter will go out in the woods and find a tree where everything comes by, and he'll go up inside that tree and just wait. Male or female, it doesn't matter. They'll know right where the prey prey. The word prey, that's us. They know right where the prey will eventually. They know what draws them in. i got a tree in my backyard. It's an old pear tree. Uh, this pear tree used to have pears all over it. It doesn't have very many very many now, I don't think. Uh, I didn't see any this year at all, did you? But however, somewhere down through time, it dropped a pear, and deers would come around that tree. They'd just be around the tree. If I was going to be a hunter, I'd sit up on my back porch, and I'd keep that pear, pear tree alive, and I'd watch that thing, and when the deer come under that tree that I wanted, I'd shoot that sucker. If I was going to shoot, I don't. I've never shot a deer in my life. Uh, I can go to Walmart. I can go to Kroger's and get all the meat I want. So why I, I can get lamb, I can get turkey, I can get chicken. I can get. I mean, poor little chickens, man. I, don't, I still don't know where all the wings come from. And There are a bunch of chickens out there with no wings on them, running around like this. I mean, uh, I have no idea where all this stuff comes from. But I mean, there's plenty of meat everywhere, and I like sitting there watching them guys. I you see a deer on the side of the road get hit. That's a waste. Uh, I've stopped on the side of the road sometimes, and I've talked to hunters, and if you catch a deer fast enough, you, it's still good to eat. Most of the time, they're laid there they're too long. It's just a waste. Uh, but hunters go out there, and they'll, they'll sit there, and they'll get into the spot, and they'll know exactly where to sit, and they'll wait. And they'll wait, and they'll wait, and they'll wait, and they'll wait, and the deer will come by, and you know, that's not the one I want. And they'll I don't want that one. I want that one. There's the one. And they'll see one off in the distance sometimes. They'll just sit there and watch it. And they'll say, what have I got to do to draw that thing in, draw that thing in? I got that pear tree sitting there. It'll draw them in." So somewhere down through time, a pear fell off, and the deer didn't eat it. Or if he ate it, he defecated it right there on the spot or whatever. But I've got a pear, little baby pear tree coming up. And you know what the strangest thing about a deer is? They'll eat the trees that are coming up that's going to feed them later down the road. Yeah. And they'll, they'll kill it. But this one they haven't killed, so it's, it's coming up, and it's starting to get established. And one day I'll have pears back on that tree, and one day I'll have all the deer right back in my backyard that I used to have in my backyard when the other pear tree was sitting there working. You say what is that? That's that's knowing what the prey is going to do and then doing something to get the prey there. God already set a tree there and the the, the devil knew that the Lord said cuz he just sit there and told her. She said and the woman said, "We sh- we may eat of the trees, of, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden." That's anything in the garden we can have. But of this tree we can't. And the, the serpent said, ye shall not surely die. The servant said he already knew that. He already knew what the woman said. He goes, yea, hath God said. He knew that. He knew what the Lord had told them. He said, look, all i got to do is I don't have to go nowhere in this garden where they're going to come. I'll go right to where they're not supposed to come. That's exactly what I'll do. I'll go right where they're not supposed to come, and they'll be right there. You know what our problem is? Is we have to go right where we're not supposed to go. Number two, I'd like to say, this has nothing to do with the message, but It's good why would you talk to the devil anyways? I mean, you have the option. You have the option to talk to God or the devil and you choose the devil. Why would you do that? You carry on a conversation. I had a conversation with a guy the other day. He calls me up. I said, look, I don't want to talk to you no more. Click. I said one or two words. I don't even want to spend the time to talk to you. You say, why would you do that? It's not worth my time and all you're trying to do is bait me into a conversation that's going to continue on and it's going to end up the same. I'm not going to change. You're not going to change. So go do what you want to do. I don't care. I said, I'm already down a path. That's where I'm going to go. She sits there and she starts talking to him. Do you realize who Adam and Eve is? They are the only two people that ever lived on this planet that could comprehend what Jesus Christ did for you and me at Calvary. They're the only two people that were created sinless. Jesus Christ was sinless. You and I are tainted with sin. You're sitting here today. I don't care how old you are. I don't care. You're, you're sin. You're a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They were the only two ever created They know what it's like to walk around in a sinless body. You don't. I don't. They know what being close to God is. You and I really don't know that. Not like they did. It says they walked in the cool of the garden. Adam walked with the the voice of the Lord walked in the cool of the garden. Adam walked with the Lord in the garden. Talk to him. That's Jesus Christ walking around with him. You and I could never know that. You can never know that relationship that they had. And when they broke that, you can't understand the depth of the pain and the hurt that those two went through. They had something that nobody else in history could ever have. Moses, no. Isaiah, no. Samuel, David, nobody could have what those two had. And she went right to that tree. Now, I don't know how long it took to get there. I don't know how long it took her before she broke down and was there. Uh, curiosity killed the cat, they said. Uh, they must have been curious at least nine times because they say a cat has nine lives. Uh, when I run over a cat, I back up and forward nine <laughs> times to make sure I get the job done. I don't waste time with a cat. Uh, a lot of people run over and say, oh, I'm so sorry. No, boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 bloom, 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 boom, I'm not that mean. I'm not that mean. I did run over a cat twice, though. <laughs> I run over 100. 100- <laughs> Woo! I backed up. <laughs> I stopped and waited a few minutes and I left. So I didn't hear it the second time. So either it was dead or it got away. Man, So still had seven to go. Hopefully it had seven to go. Maybe that was the first time I never got hit. But Adam and Eve were the only ones. They're the only ones that knew that. What a shame. Well, I mean, you, when you understand the depths of, of, of the pain and agony those two had, they had sweet communion with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ. They had a, a walk where they could walk. Could you imagine walking up to the Lord and him looking at you as an innocent, like he's going to look at us in heaven? Look at you as an innocent, and just as innocent as he is just looking at you. And the whole time talking to Eve, knowing that she's going to go eat that fruit. He knows she's going to do it. And he still loves her. And he still allowed her in that garden. And he actually told her. I'm glad in a sense he told them where the tree was. They still may be in the garden today if he hadn't told them. You know, what? I, I mean, really, the, if he hadn't told them don't eat of that fruit, by the time they had got to that tree, uh, they'd have been stuffed, but eating everything else. Me and Beth went out to a a, a restaurant yesterday and started eating, and I know she likes uh, hummus, so it was one of these Mediterranean restaurants up there, and, and uh, so she got this bowl of hummus. I got her a bowl of hummus, and they brought all this bread out, she starts eating it, and then she goes, oh, she eats half of it, and then she goes, well, I'm not going to eat the other half. I'll take it home, and lo and behold, before the dinner was over, it's all gone. Everything's gone. Everything over on her side is completely gone, and... Uh, <laughs> Then she'll blame me for it. And it was her idea to go to that restaurant. What is even mine? Uh, and I'm sitting there laughing at this thing. I already know what we do. We eat until we can't eat no more. By the time we'd have got to that tree, we'd never wanted to go to the tree because we are stuffed. We'd go back home, go to bed, and wake up tomorrow, and you'd start back out again. So what you want to do is you always want to move as far away from sin as you possibly can. So by the time you get to it, you're already satisfied with everything you need to do that's right. You won't want to go there. But most of us won't do that. We're going to be if they're perfect and, and sinless and mess up, here's Adam. He eats the fruit with her. Now I want to blame Eve for most things. I talked to that young man yesterday and I said, Adam and Eve were sinless, perfect bodies, no, no health issues, no diseases, uh, no, no impurity. I mean, there was not even a, a uh, mark on their bodies anywhere that was wrong. I mean, nothing, nothing was wrong with these two. This young man told me the other, yesterday that he had type 2 diabetes. I said, brother, it might not even be your fault. It's not God's fault. It's Adam and Eve. If you really want to get to the problem here, it's Adam and Eve's fault. And I'm, I mean, they're the ones who started this thing. And when they did, sin started coming. And now we're 6,000 years from that. And it's just got worse and worse and more putrefying than it has ever been. And it's getting worse and worse. I told them young people yesterday, I said, you guys got to live in this still. This thing is a mess. I said, and you have still got to survive in this thing and promote Jesus Christ and be the light of this world. You still got to be that. And the kids all, I mean, they were, they were laughing. They thought it was funny. I told them, I, just, I said, kids, I said, I love you guys to death, but you got to get this thing. You are fighting against the devil. Now, there's only two. I said, here's where the whole message will be done in 10 minutes. The whole thing falls down to one of two things, God or the devil. That's it. There is no other. We can complicate it, and what the devil will do is he'll complicate it all over the place. God never complicates anything. Here's a garden. There's a tree. Don't touch that tree. Don't No, you didn't even say don't touch it. Just don't eat the fruit. They didn't even have to go over and clean the fruit up. I think the garden was so perfect that nothing ever even fell off the trees. But why would a tree drop a piece of fruit? It's because the, tree is not, the fruit is ripe, and it's sitting there, and it's overripe, and it drops. The tree can no longer I don't even think it ever got there. I don't think there was nothing on the ground for him to till, do anything to. He just walked around. What are you going to do in a perfect garden? You're going to keep the garden. That's what you're going to do. But what are you going to keep in a perfect garden? I don't have no idea. I I don't know what he could possibly keep in there. Except go around eat the fruit and have fun while he's eating it. What do you do with the apple core when you get done with it? In a perfect garden. I have no idea. You ever think about stuff like that? I'm like, Adam... What happens to this thing, man? I have no idea. Or did you even need to eat it? But he did. They went out and ate. I like the old army saying. It says this Dr. Rome used to quote this all the time. He goes, If it moves, salute it. If it doesn't move, pick it up. If you can't pick it up, paint it. <laughs> you go on an army base, and I'm telling you what, you know what you see? Painted stuff everywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm, I really, I come on an army base one time, Fort Gordon, Georgia. And the Navy's, my, my uh, emblems are this way, and the Army's is upside down. Well, theirs is probably right side up. My Ours is upside down. Yeah. Uh, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. They were right. We were wrong. Uh, we didn't know what we were doing. But anyways, I would check on base, and I'd have, they used to have us have a sticker on the windshield so they could tell that you're a petty officer or you're at what branch of service. Them guys would salute me when I walked. They thought I was a colonel because that's a colonel. Had the big eagle and stuff. They, they'd salute me. I'm like, you yeah, know, whatever, say, me. Yeah. Amen, anyway, I have an old uh, uh, 72 Ford two-tone pickup truck that looks like, and a colonel's going to be driving that? And them guys sit there. They don't know, man. They're just doing what they're doing. I'd say all that to say this. They say, but just don't stand there. You know what you need to do? People, they sit around and don't do absolutely nothing or, or they just do stuff just to do it. And then they say, don't stand there. Do something. Well, sometimes doing something's not the right answer. It never was the right answer. I worked in lots of places, man. If there's one thing I always hate is when somebody would not tell you what to do and then expect you to do something to their standards. I'm like, how in the world could I possibly do what you're asking me to do if you don't tell me what you want done at the end? You've got to tell me exactly what you want me to do. I can do whatever you tell me. You know what Jesus Christ did? He said, Mike, you're lost on your way to hell. You're going to burn in the lake of fire forever. Okay, what do I do? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and now I shall be saved. I can do that. That's just as clear as anything. You say, Is that simple? That's, that's, it's that simple. You know, it took me 22 years from the time I was born to 22 years old to get to the place where I understood that. And I did it. Gee, I, had, I had several men in the military and other places too that, that was great examples I had one uh, that turned the ship over to me and said, if, you, if I ever have to come up to radio, you better be dead. What he was basically saying is the entire ship is yours. You know what he did? He said, Mike, you can do whatever you want. You know, he, he understood that I was going to go from the pointy end to the flat end. I was going to find everything broken. I was going to fix it. And I was going to get my guys to fix it. I didn't fix everything. They, I had a whole crew of men, and we all fixed everything. But he knew that I was going to go out and pick all. He said, Mike, I cannot find the stuff you find. He goes, I don't even look for it. I've got other things I'm doing. He goes, This is your ship. You go out and find everything broke, you fix it. You know what I did? I kept finding stuff broke and I fixed it and find stuff broke. we fix it and find more stuff broke, fix it. Pretty soon there was just little things broke and we'd fix those. And then we'd do all the other stuff. I got so far ahead of the game that they never bothered me. You say, Why did you not? Because I want to sit on the side of a ship with a glass iced tea and a pickle jar, Mama Station iced tea. And I drink my, I had a Mr. Coffee and I put Mr. T on it. And we'd sit up. I had a lawn chair on the side of a Navy ship sailing down through the ocean. You say, what? And they couldn't say a word to me because when they came to me and said, did you do it? Done. Did you do it? Done. Did you do it? Done. How about all those spaces you have that nobody ever go in? They're all been painted out brand new. Nothing. What? I, oh, by the way, I helped the radar men, I helped the fire control techs, I have helped the sonar techs, I helped the bosun mates, I helped the machinist mates, I helped the engineers, I helped the electricians, I helped the, anybody's got a problem, I've helped all of them, and, and they'd walk away, they'd get some mad man and just walk away, because they couldn't find a thing that we haven't done. Then, guess what, now you can sit on the side of the ship with a glass of tea, and cruise down there and watch the whales. <laughs> I always thought we were on a, a porpoise tour, man, on my ships. I'd go to the front of the ship, and the sonar would be going, boom. And porpoises, I mean, uh, dolphins be all over the place, man. And they, I mean, hundreds of them. And they'd go under the ship, come up on the other side, and, and I'd get out there. And for a count, the, the bridge is right up there. They're all watching me down there in my cup of coffee. Sitting they can't say a word to me. You know what you ought to be in your Christian life? Just like that. Yeah. Yeah. You ought to look for everything that you could possibly do. You know, if you look for everything you can do to keep yourself out of trouble, you'd never get in trouble. Yeah. And correct everything. I'm, not, I'm telling you, we're all a mess. I got yelled at a lot of times. The only, time I, the only time they ever yelled at me was to make fun of me and laugh at me and have fun with me. That's it. They, couldn't, they could never yell at me on purpose for something I'd done wrong. If I did something wrong, I' walk in with a manual and I show them right where I did exactly what it told me to do, and they said, "Get out of here, man. I can't even yell at you about that. Go fix it, come back and tell me it's fixed. That's all they could do. You know what in the Bible, what I've done for 43 years, and you could do the same. Anybody could do it. God's not a respecter of any person. I try to find everything I can do to keep myself out of trouble so that when I do get in trouble, it's just a small thing, and I can get back out of it. You know what most people do? We don't do that. We just get into trouble and more trouble and more trouble and more trouble and more trouble, and pretty soon it's so stacked up we don't know what to do with it. My question is, why would we do that? Adam and Eve did exactly that. Eve went and ate that fruit. I can see her, man. I, I think of her a lot of times just like Beth. Beth is my Eve. She wants to blame somebody else, and I'm the only guy around. <laughs> so she's going to blame me. And, brethren, I don't care what it is she does. She blames me. She ate all that hummus blaming me. <laughs> she, she eats everything she eats or all the food. She should be 500 pounds. I mean, really, the, how she eats. She'll, she'll sit down and, and she'll eat something, but I get the blame for it. The other day, I had his bag of nuts, and they were good nuts, man. They were really good nuts. I set her up. I set her up bad. Uh, I ate a little bit off the top of this nuts, and uh, she said, You eat? I said, I almost ate the whole bag. I didn't hardly eat any amount of that bag. And I, I gave them to her. She said, I don't want any. I said, Okay. I said, Here, do you want something? She was okay. She, she took them. Next thing I know, the bag's empty. I'm like, What happened, man? And you can't, she cannot stop if you stick it in her hand. And it's my fault. That time it was. That time it was. I'll take the blame. (laughs) But I was on another ship, and I've worked with other men the same way, that would come in and never tell you nothing. And then come in at the end of the day and say, did you get all this done? How in the world could I possibly get all this done if I didn't know that you wanted it done? If I go out and try to guess at what needs to be done, and then you have a whole series of things to be done that I know nothing about, I cannot do anything about it. So after four or five days working with all these other people and realizing, hey, well, this is the way it's supposed to be, and this guy is really doing something totally different. This guy actually hated my guts because I was a Christian. He was a hellion. And I worked under him. He hated my guts. I'd go up and say, chief, let me ask you a question. Early in the morning, right after what do you want done today? And he would say stuff. And I'd go to get the guys. And I'd say, hey, guys, this is what we got. I was watching them guys. Now, we're talking about sailors that were trained Two two and a half years of training, eight hours a day, all the food and everything, hundreds of thousands of dollars per student to go through there. And I got fifteen or sixty of them out in front of me, twenty of them, something like that. You you got a couple million dollars worth of trained men sitting here and you got them down in a birthing scraping wax up off of a floor? With stuff broke all over the place because you just don't want to tell nobody nothing. I said, okay, you know what his mindset was, and we do the same thing. You should read my mind. And you should know what you're supposed to do. You know, some people just don't know what to do. I got them guys together, and I, said, I didn't go out and say, hey, you're going to do this, and you're going to. I said, no. I, I said, what does this person want? And I talked to them, and they tell me. I said, okay, then I go with this person, and this person, this person. I found out what all my guys wanted. And I told them, I said, hey, y'all want this stuff? I said, I'll get you that stuff. You want to be off the ship every day at noon? I said, I'll get you off the ship every day at noon, so you go out and do whatever you want to do. In port. And when we're in port overseas somewhere, we'll be off the ship except for duty section. I said, but you got to do something for me. They said, what? you got to do this, 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 this. And what I learned is his list started getting littler and littler and littler. And pretty soon, once we got everything done that he wanted done, we go do everything that we were supposed to do. And then we'd do everything else that we thought we needed to do. So when the captain came around to check if we were doing anything, he would never find a single problem with any ET on our ship. And he'd run away, he'd walk away mad. Why? Because so many other people had problems that he didn't even look at us. He says, it's no use even looking at him. The title of this message is Ahead of the Game. You know what I try to do is get ahead of the game with the Lord. Have you ever thought about just trying to get ahead of the game? You know what's wrong with a lot of us? We're never, we've never even got in the game. You've got to get in the game first. I love it, man. I can still remember when, when uh, Franklin, when I got on the ship and he hold that tech manual open. He was holding my tech manual, my records he goes, hey, man, Mike, they say you walk on water. I, said, I want to see if you walk on water. I said, senior, that was wrong. That's a lie, big lie. I'm telling you, it's a lie. Lie, lie, lie. He goes, no, man. He goes, no, I'd write this kind of stuff about anybody. And he said, come on, let's go. You know what that guy did? He, he was on my side. He said, I want to see if you're a team player or not. And he starts showing me stuff. He didn't just turn a ship over to me to say it's yours because there you are and you have some stripes on your shoulder. No. What he realized is I actually cared about that ship. Yeah. And then when he's seen that, he says, Mike, you're one of us. You say, Howdy, I walk in a Chiefs mess one day. I chew, I'm an e six. I'm chewing all the Chiefs out. Well, really, one, Hor- Horvath. I'm right in his face. Ah! And Franklin's over there. Ah! And I leave and he comes up and laughs at me. He says, Ellie, you just can't do that. I said, I'm no senior. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Okay, now that you know you're wrong. I should have went to CO's mass or, or chief's mass. Then they should have sent me up to captain's mass. and They t- should have took a stripe off my arm. But he goes, everybody in that room knew that you were right. <laughs> and everybody in that room knew you loved your ship. And everybody in there knew you, you just care about everything. And everybody knew Horvath was wrong. Horvath knew he was wrong. He goes, but you just can't come in here and do that. I said, okay, I won't do it again. I promise. They, they helped make me chief. You know why? Because they realize I'm part of the team. The hardest thing to do is trust somebody that's not part of the team because you'll always want to come up and make a mess of what's there and change it to what you want it to be and not what the, the, the team needs. You know what the Lord does? He has a way. He said, don't eat that fruit. You know what Adam did? They went and ate the fruit. The problem is is always not knowing what to do. I hate it not knowing what to do. But the, but the Lord clearly in the passage here told them what not to do, so they knew it. Then you do, we, the next problem is you, if you don't know what to do, the next step is to do something to make you feel better, but you don't know if it's still the right thing to do. The sad thing is when you get into your Bible, and this is really the only place, I'm telling you, brethren, this is the only place you're going to find that you're going to know the right thing to do. This is it. This is, there ain't no other way. I wish there was. There, I know I don't even wish there was. I don't like, uh, God is not an author of confusion, and I don't ever like to get into the place where I have to totally make the decision on my eternity. I don't have to do it. It was already done at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago, shed his blood at Calvary, went into the grave. Three days later, he rose. He talked to Mary. He talked to Peter, James, John, everybody else. Four days later, he ascended. He's now sitting in heaven. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and now shall be saved. I can get to heaven just like that. That's all I got to do. Not 100 things. Look, Mike, the devil's trying to keep you from it. I think evolution is a farce. I told them up there. I still believe it's a farce. It's too complicated to be an uh, accident. It's too perfect and complicated to be an accident. Yeah. Nothing has ever, I tell you, I look, it just can't be. It can't be. Logic, logic. Them, those guys are morons. People look at me like, you're calling scientists? Yeah, they're all morons. They've been trained out of common sense. There's no possible way. If you sit down and honest with yourself, there's no way that that could happen. So it's either God or evolution. I keep it simple. Well, if you throw evolution away, it's only God. You don't have any other thing. Okay, if it's only God, and you've settled that, and you're done with that, and I know it's only God, and it's got to be just God, then what does God want? Then you get in the book and find out. Don't eat the fruit on that tree. And yes, she goes right into it. There's only two things. There's God and the devil. There's only two. In all of our lives, everything, each one of us, we're all doing different stuff all the time. Each one of us face the exact same thing. You have two choices. You're going to do what the Lord says do, or you're going to do what the devil says do. Amen. One or the other. My question is, is if you have the opportunity to do what God says, why would you even care what the devil says? If I got a book sitting in front of me, we all say we want to be educated. We want to be sophisticated and all. Then why don't we just get in our book and read this thing? I I was talking to a preacher up there, and he said, Mike, he goes, I mentioned this in Sunday school. He said, he goes, the problem I have with all you students coming out of Bible college is you hear what the preacher says or the teacher says, and then you take that to the bank, and you don't even know what the man said. He quotes a word or a passage, and you take it for the gospel, now you're out here, and then when somebody questions you, you can't answer that thing. And then you get mad. Because I said it, he said it, you should just believe No, I don't believe nothing anybody says unless you can prove it out of that book. And David didn't do the same thing. I mean, Saul, the king, put his armor on him. He said, can't do it. Sorry, Sorry, Saul. I would rather go out there with five stones. Actually, he was just thinking of one. But when he went to the brook, he got five. He went down and he said, look, I can go out here with this little slings, and I've taken this sling, and I've, I've hit targets with this sling. I've hit it. I mean, that's one of the greatest stories in your Bible. He said, I've hit it with this thing. So why would I need any of this other stuff that you have over there if this right here will do the job? Have you ever wondered, like, why would we do something, if we have a tool that works, why in the world? That's the next thing that always irritated me about people who are always trying to prove themselves. In this world, you have to constantly excel or else you're going to get retarded. It's they're going to pass you by. They, the old people, the people with all the knowledge and understanding, they pass over and they'll get young people because of the energy. Well, I'm sorry to say the young people are stupid. I had, I had a guy come on the ship. His name was uh, Joe Matthews. A lot of people probably know who he is. That guy was a total idiot. Uh, he may be different today. I hope he is. But he was a total idiot. He come on board that ship as an E-4. And he thinks he's – it's a very highly technical ship. Most ships out there now are all technical. Everybody on it are engineer levels or above. And he's coming on board, going to tell the captain how to drive the ship. I'm like, you're an idiot, man. He had everybody on that ship hating him in like two days. And, I mean, he's he's telling everybody, I know how to do this. You're an E-4. You just got out of boot camp. You just graduated school. And you've never even been on water before. And you're going to come out here and tell me how a ship works and everybody else – You may be right about some things, but I'm telling you, you got everybody mad at you. They came to me. I'm an E6. They bring me off the side. And I got a bunch of people, man. They're all telling me, look, you better do something with that kid or we're going to kill him. He will not be here tomorrow. I'm like, oh, really? Maybe I won't do anything. You'll solve my problem. (laughs) You know that foolish pride got him into trouble trouble after trouble after trouble after trouble. I got to lead him to the Lord. I got to baptize him. And he's still an idiot. (laughs) Just getting saved and getting baptized don't mean nothing, man, at all. If you're not going to take what this thing says and then apply it to your heart and change, it's not going to do a thing for you. It won't do nothing for you. When you start looking at this thing, you have to, all this stuff out here in the world, if you look at just science and math and all that stuff, that'll confuse you like you wouldn't believe. You know what you need to do is throw that stuff out the stinking window and get right back down to the basics. Is there really a God That's what I did. Is there really a God? Or is it evolution? And you throw one of them out, and now we got do which one you're going to throw out. If you throw the other one out, you're an idiot. But you do whatever you want. In time, you'll see. Uh, And if it's on the other side, you're going to regret that that decision. But if you just sit here and look at this thing and you say, it's God, then you can start right there. Once you throw everything else out, don't ever bring it back in. Leave it alone. go on. Get it out there. It's God. God's right. I'm wrong. I'm going to do what he says. He says, don't eat the fruit. Don't. Somebody comes up and says, hey, what you need to do is, that you know what's wrong with most men today and women? They'll get in a church somewhere and somebody in the church body will tell them because of frustrated ambitions, they want to be the one up here doing this. You know what the problem is? Is that they'll sit there and start telling people and then they'll start whispering in their ears. And they'll start getting people mad. Well, I know more than he knows. Well, you may. But you didn't, God didn't put you in the place. That's where the Brother Dave's an evangelist. He didn't put you in evangelist. He'll tell you it should have never happened the way it happened in his life. But it did. How are you going you to... You know what? That, it was God wanting that thing. And he puts the people in where he wants to do what he wants them to do. Why? Because he knows that when I get them before somebody, they'll tell the truth. And they won't soften it down so they won't hurt your feelings. There is a heaven. If there is a God... And everything else you throw it out the window, then there's a heaven and there's a hell. And you're going to one place or the other. That's right. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's where you're going. And every decision you make should be based on one. If you're going to hell, you're going to live like the devil your whole life. And you're going to die in, 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 a, in a devil's grave and you're going to go to a devil's hell. That's exactly where you're going to go. However common, the Lord says, hey, I made a way out. Because you're not Adam and Eve and you do not understand a total sinless body like they did. I'm going to make a way out for you. And he did. And this is a great story in the whole wide world. He made, he, God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. The devil's not. He's created. The devil's created. God's not created. God created this devil. The devil was created by God. And you know what? I love the Lord because he gave me a book that talks about him and he never covers him up. He says, I'm not going to hide his comely parts. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to tell you exactly who he is. I like, I like I, I Job yesterday. I, I'll be done right. This is about where I finished yesterday. I got into Job. I read Job and Ezekiel to them guys. And over in Ezekiel, he said he explains how he made I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do this real quick, and I'll do the exact same thing. I'll make you guys happy. Ezekiel 28. 28.12 says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus. Now, you read the Bible just the way you read it and leave it like it is and don't touch it. And saying to him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sellest up the psalm full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Up to this point, you could think that he's talking to a king of Tyrus in Tyrus. There was a place called Tyrus. You could think that. Then he goes on. He says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. That cannot be the king of Tyrus anymore. That cannot be him. There was four people in the garden. Adam, Eve, God, and Satan. Whoever this he's talking to, he's talking to one of those four. It isn't him, so process of elimination, he's out. God's out. It's not Adam and Eve, because Adam and Eve were made like you and me. They had a body and soul, so that eliminates them. There's only one other entity he could be talking to here, only one, and it's right to the devil. And he's sitting there looking at him, and he goes, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone, He gave him everything to succeed, every single thing. He goes, a precious stone was that covering. He goes, sardis, topaz, diamond, blah, blah, blah. Verse 14, that art, the anointed cherub that covered, that now pinpoints him who this is. He was the number one creation of God. There was none better than him. He was second. in in, Now, if you look at the Lord, it's like this down here. He's like, I can't go that far. I can't get that kind of stretch. But he would go further and further and further. But the devil was given complete control of everything, and that wasn't enough. Only by pride come contention. There was only one person that he could give, and both of them have personalities. Both of them have a free will. Satan has a free will. He can do pretty much anything he wants to do, unless the Lord stops him. He goes right, he says, That has the anointed chair of the covered, and I have set thee so. I set you so. I made you that way. He tells you exactly who this man is, who this creature is. He doesn't hold you one. He says, look, this guy is so beautiful. He said, I'm telling you, he sparkles and he's he's in charge of music. Watch this one. He goes, uh uh, he said, thou was in the upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the fires, that was perfect in all thy ways in the day that thou was created, till iniquity was founded. He chose to sin. You know what the Lord realized with creation? Anything he creates, the possibility of sin is there. And the only way to cure that is to create something, let them sin. I will pay for their sin. And then they can come back to me. Because no sin can dwell in my presence. I'd have to throw them in hell, all everybody. So how, that's how much he loved you. We go through life and never catch that. There is nobody on this planet that's ever loved anybody like that. The only two people that could ever even understand that kind of love was Adam and Eve. We have, it's very, I tell you, I've been spending 43 years trying to figure that thing out. And I, I just, the only way I'm gonna do it is go there. This side of eternity, I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm like, I see all this stuff. Everybody says, oh, well, you're a fool. You should have stayed in. You should have retired. You should have got this. You should do this. You should do this. You should be out there. I don't want none of that stuff, man. I don't want a bit, I don't want a bit of it. All it does is clog my mind and make me take my mind off. It's the devil trying to get my mind off of God. Now I know I've got to feed my family. You ask my wife, I take perfectly good care of her. Everything I do, I make sure she has what she needs to do what she needs to do as a mother. But that's all I want to do. I don't want to get in. I like a proverb where it says, don't give me too much and don't give me too little. Just give me what I need. <laughs> so I don't curse you. Brother, I tell you what, you hear people say, I don't believe in God. God just, that's a foolish statement. Amen. Number one, I'll say this. I nor anyone else can produce God right in front of us right now. Yeah. So if he does not reveal himself to someone, that's because they didn't want it, and that person's in trouble. Yeah. I wanted something, and he said, I'll reveal myself to you. I can't produce that to you other than a testimony. That's why your testimony is so great. You've got to keep that thing. Lucifer was created perfect. He has a free will. Watch this one. John eight forty eight. This is who you're dealing with. Same today as he was back in the garden. John 8, 48. Ye are the, you're of your father. He's talking to Peter, man. <laughs> this is the first pope. Yeah. Pope Peter. So if every pope after him is like as ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father, ye you would do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Everything, that means that everything you see is a deceptive thing in your life. Every single thing on this planet is a deceptive thing in your life. It is tweaked one way or the other. Everything is deceptive, only what's right in front of you matters. That's why, well, i tell you what, uh, Brother Pilkington, when he said that the other day, I was like, whoa, yeah, man. He said, if you listen to preachers on tape, you're wicked as hell. That's basically what he said. He said, what was he saying? Because you're judging something else by something else you've heard, you're not there. You're hearing words that somebody prepared a little message. You know what most evangelists do? I don't know if Dave does. Dave probably got a million. I, I, I should watch. But most of them will tell you, I've got 10 messages a year, and I hone those things. I start in January. This was from one of the great evangelists in this country. And I'll hold those things down. By the time you get into December, they sound pretty good. Then in January, he'll start with 10 more because he's already preached those everywhere. When he goes back around, he got to have some new stuff. Or unless you can move your meetings out for three or four years, then you can use them for three or four years. And then. But by the time them guys get done with three or four or five, six messages, they're going to make that same thing sound pretty good. You get a regular pastor like me who tries to come up with a message every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights, and any other time, and have it fresh all the time, that gets complicated but, boy, I listened to some of these preachers, and when he said that, I'm like, yeah, brother, that's good. You know what the problem is? It's not that their messages are bad. It's that we now start, that's all we do. I've sit in Dr. Carl Lackey's meetings, and I've watched 15 or 20 or 30 preachers preach in three or four days and got more confused than when I got, when, I can listen to one. I can tell you everything Dr. Peter S. Ruffin did while I was down there because he'd draw a picture. I'm like, I got that, man. That's simple stuff right there. You start getting in a mess of a bunch of preachers, and you know what? One's going to preach, and this one's going to contradict what he just said, and this one's going to contradict. Pretty soon you're trying to figure out what in the world. You can't comprehend that much information. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to get in your book and pray. I'm not saying preaching's bad. If I would known Brother Dave was going to be here before this morning, I'd have let him preach this morning. I don't mind other preachers, but I don't like 25 of them. It gets rough, man. It gets rough when you're trying to do that stuff. I'm sitting here trying to do the will of God and I hear this man say this and then I hear that man say this and when I'm looking for fruit and I don't see any there's got to be a problem. Yeah, I know, bro. I'm telling you what if, if they put me on a ship and I was supposed to fix everything and everything's broken and the ship sinks I, I, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. Why would you spend four or five hundred thousand dollars to train me and, and then I, at the end of that thing I still can't do nothing. And yet we have our, our people out here and you know what it is? we don't know what to do or nobody's telling us what to do or showing us the direction to find out what we're supposed to do. I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. That's your number one job. And, it, and once you get that down, if you could do that, you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. If you look at yourself honestly in the mirror, most of us would say, I don't like what I see. But, boy, if you could turn that mirror and, and all of a sudden you look in there and you see a smile on your face and it glisten in your eye, and you say, it's there because the Lord Jesus Christ put it there. Pretty soon you get a smile on your face. Boy, the Lord, man, he's pretty cool. Then you start looking around. I was reading my Psalms on the way up there. I told him Sunday, I was reading my Psalms, I had my little Bible. I was reading, and I was reading, and I was reading, and I was coming through there. I was thinking about Brother Brother and said about, you know, if you don't know how to pray, just read the Psalm. And I was in, like, Psalm 130-something, whatever, 39, 42, whatever it was. Said, "Bless the Lord, oh my soul." <laughs> I'm sitting. oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I said, "Lord, you're awful good. Mercies, your mercies endureth forever. Your mercies endureth forever." I like that one song where every other verse is, "His mercy endureth forever." His mercies endureth forever. I'm like, "Lord, boy, I'm sure glad your mercies endureth." though and bless the Lord, oh my soul. I said, and I'm sitting there just thinking, man. Beth don't realize I'm over here shouting in the seat, and I, I'm sitting there going, "I got a wife sitting right here next to me, loves me." I said, "Lord, I remember the day when I was all by myself and lonely. Never forgot that." Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I said, man, you, you have been really, really good. I said, all the times, you and I both know all the times, you should just have killed me, and you didn't do it. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I said, man, you, you've given me everything. I had four girls sitting up here singing a little while ago. Are they always been perfect? No. Are they perfect now? No, they're not. But I'm sitting here going, to bless the Lord, oh my soul. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Then I started thinking about some other people. I said, Lord, how about this person? How about that person, Lord? How about that person? How about that person? You start thinking about. Lord, you, you've been so good, man. Could you be good to them too? Could you do this? Can you work out some problems here? This person has that problem. This person has that problem, and you just start talking about church. And you start thinking, and I'm just sitting there reading a song. And the Lord says, "Hey, bless the Lord, oh my soul." I said, "Yeah, Lord." He said, "You're awful good. You're the only one. You're the only one." You know what the world wants to do is get you so busy, man. I got to get this report in. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to do this. 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 And by the time you get off in the afternoon, your brain is shot, and you're not worth shooting. And all you want to do is come home and yell at your husband or wife. Or beat the kids. Or both. (laughs) And the Lord says, be still and know that I'm God. He tells you right here what to do. I like it when guys tell me exactly what to do, man. They tell me exactly. And they take care of you when you don't really know. There's people out there who get you to a place where you need to be. And then sometimes you trip up and they say, hey, we're going to... We're going to cover that up. We ain't going to let nobody see it. I had a couple things happen to me while I was in the military that should have just about destroyed my, my career. And I had one chief look at my master chief He looked at my thing, and he goes, he said, I ain't going to touch this record, man. He said, I put my name on this thing, and negative, and all these other people were positive. He said, you know what's going to happen? They don't, they're not going to care about you one bit. They're going to think I'm a jerk. Because everybody else, 15 people before you said that you'd walk on water, and I'm saying that you sink. He goes, what do you think they're going to In Washington, D.C., all my buddies are there, man. What do you think they're going to say about me? He goes, you, and he writes me oh, a <laughs> all And it's because what other people said. He goes, no, Mike. He said, you just get out of here. Shut your mouth. Don't you ever tell anybody this happened. And if you do, I'm going to kill you. I said, okay, man, I got it, got it, got it. <laughs> he asked me what went on. What caused you to do this? You know what I did? I just told him. I said, you ain't going to believe me, but I'll tell you anyways. So I told him. With my head down. Like this, I figured my career was over. So it's done. I finished. I blew it. I choked. I said, it's me. It's me. It's me. He goes. Phew. I couldn't even take the test. My mind was so shattered. I couldn't even take the test to get graduate out of that school. I did. the The problem was in a building somewhere. In a, usually I'd walk in with bam 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 here to see you later. But that was it. That was me. Today I walked in there. I mean, I am. I am. i messed up. This senior, this senior chief walked in. And he got the instructor. He said, this kid's got to take a test. He's got to get out of here today. And you will pass him. 45-minute test. I go in there 45 minutes. I don't even know if I'm in the right building. I mean, I'm, I'm just, my, I'm, I'm jarred. I'm jarred. The instructor looked at me and said, Mike? I said, yeah. He goes, time's almost up. I said, I know. I'm, I'm failing it. He goes, where do you think the problem's at? It's in this building. Where in this building? In that room over there. Where in that room, in this piece of gear? Where in that piece of gear? Here, you pass. <laughs> Nowhere near it. There ain't no way I hit that thing. He just wanted me to say some stuff so he could put it on a piece of paper and say, you're done. You're out of here. Get out of here. See you later. Bye. You had a glitch, man. We know you had a glitch. We're not going to make you suffer. for You, you know, God's not going to do that to you. We all do that. He didn't do it for Adam and Eve, and he ain't going to do it for us. We're in there, man. We're in there. You got the devil, and you got, if you're in here today and you're lost, I'm going to tell you what. You're fighting against the devil. The devil's you're really not even fighting against the devil. The devil's got you on his side. You're fighting against the word of God. The word of God is saying, be sure your sin will find you out. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You have to get over that. You've got to do something there. He tells you exactly what to do. He warns you exactly what to do, and he expects then you what to do. God's a great God. He's a great God. Today, we live on this planet. We walk. we got the Holy Spirit. I like these good verses here. I'm done. I'm, I'll be done in two seconds. May I, may, may not two. 4.16 John, I will pray the Father. Jesus leaves. He says, I'm going to give you another comforter. Why? Verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom I will the Father will send in my name, He shall teach you all things. You know what he's given us? It's the Holy Ghost to teach us what we need so that we can find him. And he says, I'm not hard to find. Paul's sitting there saying he's not hard to find. He's easy to find. You can find him. If you want to find him, you can find him. The question is, do you want to find him? You say, what is all this about? I'll tell you what it's all about. It's about Jesus. I found out 43 years ago that there was somebody who loved me and that he started a process to get me in. And he got me in. And now that I'm in... He said, Mike, you're battling. Brother Brother Pilkington preached six or seven messages this week, three on Sunday and four or seven. And every one of them told us what we need to do. If you were here and got any part of any of those, he told you basically that was instructional messages on how to do what to do and and what happens when you don't. Uh, I, I, I read on that, he had that one about the train that got caught in the tunnel. And I went out to find that and I found it. And it's kind of hard to find, but I found that. And there was 500, there was actually almost 600 people that had died on that train. And every one of those people were stowaways. They weren't supposed to be on that train. That train was a coal-carrying train, and there was so much weight on the train that the 500 people exceeded the weight of the train itself. And as it started coming up the hill, going through that tunnel, the train started slipping on the tracks. And when it got through, the, it couldn't pull the weight because the additional five to 600 people that was on that train to get it through that. And then the train, and just before that train came, another train just come through that tunnel and already filled it full of carbon monoxide. So once they got that train in there, it got stuck. Then they had two, two engines, was uh, the, the engineering part. of One of the engines was made by one of the countries over there. The other engine made by the other country. One engine was turning on the one side of the track. The other train was turning on the other side of the track. And when and the electrical, when it went down, the other one was trying to push it through, and the other one that came out was trying to push it back. And five, they said over 500 people died with carbon monoxide. They didn't even know it. It was so slow that they passed out, and then they died. So they didn't exit the train. They didn't do anything. You know what the devil does for us? He does it so slow yeah. that you don't know it. He does it little by little by little. What's the odds of getting a train, the entire train was inside that tunnel. How, what's the odds of getting that in there? But the 500 to 600 people shouldn't even have been on the train. If they weren't on the train, it went right through the tunnel. Because they loaded it down with the ore, with what it should have had on it, and the additional people made it too heavy. You know what we do sometimes? We do stuff against ourselves. And we do it the wrong way, and it ends up bad. And, we, and the Lord sits here and says, here it is. You say, what has what this all done for you, Mike? Well, what it has done is, what well, I found out is all I have to do, really, and here's another this whole message I'm telling All I have to do is what's in front of me. I don't listen to what somebody tells me other preachers do. I don't do that. Because I'm not other preachers. And guess what? You aren't either. God may not call you to do anything. He still loves you and he's still your God. He might have you do something that nobody else can do and most people will never even hear about it. And you'll get to heaven, he'll say, well done thou good and faithful servant. And you'll sit there and say, but I didn't, Lord, I didn't. Oh, yes, you did. (laughs) Oh, yes, you did. I got a story here and I'm done. I told you I lie. (laughs) All men are liars. Rhea F. Miller. Anybody heard of Rhea F. Miller? Rhea F. Miller was the wife of Dr. H.B. Miller, one of the general superintendents of the Church of the Nazarenes. Church of the Nazarenes. (laughs) Back in the day, they were pretty good. After After her husband's death, Mrs. Miller taught piano and traveled all around the area in her little gray Nash. That tells you how old she is Nash Coop, teaching piano. She had a special mission in life and that was to get into pastors' homes and teach their kids how to play pianos so that they would have something to contribute to the church when they became adults. She would offer and teach these kids for free. You know one of the song she worked. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail pierced hands. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus. Than worldwide fame, I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than the lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all that my hungry spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus And let him lead, than to be the king of a vast domain, or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. If you don't have him, you're missing something bad. I'm telling you, you're missing. 43 years I've had this, and I'm I'm just tickled. I don't really care what anybody, I don't care. I don't care. I'm happy with what I've done. I'm happy with what he's let me see. I'm happy with him showing himself to me. I'm happy with Jesus. Now, I don't know what you're happy with today. I know exactly what I'm happy with. I'm happy, and guess what? If he wanted me to do something, he would tell me, because he has. Let me ask you a question today. Are you saved? Do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you died right now, you'd go to heaven? Boy, if you don't, you better be making that decision. You say, ah, I better get saved. Ah, the rest of us. You're in the garden, the Lord says, don't eat that fruit. My question is, why are you anywhere around it? You and I all know what we shouldn't be doing. Why are you around it? You know that when you get around it, that's when your mind starts going off, the devil starts talking to you. If you don't get around it, the devil won't talk to you. The thing to do is get away from it. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there today. I think I'll go over here and do this. I'll go over here and do this. I'll go eat somewhere else and get full so I'll be happy. I'm not going to get there. The problem is, is we want to go right to where the devil's at. There's only two, God and the devil. There's only heaven and hell. Father, thank you for your blessings. Father, we're not going to sing any songs tonight. I just gave them my rendition. But Lord, uh. I pray that we go away here and think. Lord, Brother Pilkington preached some really good messages this week. And, Lord, he opened our eyes to a lot of things. Like he said, we need to go to another level, and we really do. Lord, I pray that you talk to each and every person in this room, Lord, today, and show them their need. And, show, uh, Lord, you've showed me some things. And, Lord, uh, there's a bunch of kids, young people. I say young people. Lord, they're, Lord, they're, they're teenagers. They're, they're in their 20s up there, Lord. And, and, Lord, they got a long way to go. Uh, Lord, not just today or tomorrow. If you... If you wait 20, 30 years, Lord, then they got to make it through here. And, Lord, I pray for them that you'd help them. Brother Reagan, uh, Evans, Lord, so many different preachers. Lord, Brother uh, Spurgeon here, Lord, he's trying to get out of here. Lord, his, his, his van is broke down. His home is, is not working. And, Lord, you got him to do some stuff. But you, it is exactly he's right where you want him to be. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd uh, help us, Lord, because we got to get through each day too. And, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us do it. Help us to stay away from the devil and his calling, Lord. And, and Lord, you give us an opportunity like Brother Pilking had said this week, Lord, that if you you need to learn how to pray. And, Lord, it would be better to talk to you than talk to him. She carried on a conversation with him that she could have carried on with you. And, Lord, how many times do we do the thing? Bless us as we go our way. Bless the kids as they're traveling back today, Father. And we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen.